On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk announces new updates for the Tesla dash cam feature, Model S and X production gets scaled back, we get our first look at the naked version of the 19-inch Power Sport Model 3 wheels from China, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, your weekly update in all things Tesla. This is episode 182 for January 27th, 2019. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey to my, where is she? She's behind me in her crate messing around over there with uh, something to chew on. Daisy the Boxer Puppy. Glad to be with you for another week of Tesla news and another busy week of Tesla. I've got plenty to cover for you, but next week... One of my favorite shows to do throughout the year. I get to do four of them every year. They are indeed the earnings call recap and analysis episodes that I do once a quarter. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. Buckle up for that to probably be a long episode, longer than usual. But uh, those, it's going to be, as usual, it's going to be an exciting one because, you know, look for Elon to address... The layoffs, look for Elon to address uh, something I'm going to talk about this week. Daisy, what are you up to over there? Just messing with her crate. Sorry if that's picking up on Mike. Look for Elon to address the, uh, again, something I'm going to talk about this week, which is the scaling back of Model S and Model X production. Uh, we might hear more about standard battery plans for Model 3, maybe even a hint of uh, more specific Model Y timing on the reveal there. So, there's going to be a lot to look forward to next week, so do be sure to tune into the podcast, uh, and I'll have, again, all the good clips, just all the, the best clips. I listen to the whole darn thing, so you don't have to, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go over it as well. You know the drill if you've been with me for any length of time. I wanted to uh, start this week real quick by thanking Eric in Ridgecrest, California, for passing along some good news for those of you who may be brand new Tesla owners in Southern California, if your utility provider happens to be Southern California Edison, your electric vehicle rebate from that utility company has gone up to $1,000 as of July 1st. Uh, I asked Eric, and uh, he wasn't quite sure, and I looked on the website, but it looks like it used to be, for, for reference, it looks like it used to be a $450 rebate, if I'm reading that correctly, I may reserve the right to be wrong on that. But anyway, a thousand dollar rebate right now. So to clarify on that, because I know you know I have a lot of California listeners, plenty of Northern, plenty of Southern California. So I want to just take a minute here. You have to have purchased the car, which I presume means taken delivery, on or after January first to get the higher credit. So I'm talking about you brand new owners out there. Now, as Eric notes. When he wrote me, uh, this may be in an effort to help offset the reduction of the tax credit, that federal tax credit for Tesla buyers. And perhaps uh, Southern California Edison may even be thinking they might be uh, looking out for Chevy Bolt owners as well, because Chevy should probably be hitting that 200,000 thresholds pretty soon themselves. But uh, anyway, just as PG&E up here in Northern California raised their electric vehicle rebate, 
for, to $800 on January 1st, and it was $500 last year when I got my car. Those of you who've just taken delivery in Southern California can now get a little extra cash back in your pocket. In fact, you know, if if you haven't put in a home charger yet, you know, if you if you have just taken delivery, whether you're going to do a NEMA 1450 outlet or a Tesla wall connector, $1,000 should almost certainly cover your, your parts and installation and uh, hopefully even permitting, if, if applicable, I would think. So uh, just love seeing this. Kudos to Southern California Edison. Next up this week, a quick follow-up from last week's episode where there was a call in the Ride the Lightning hotline about how long off-menu items uh, are, they, how long do they stick around? Well, a kind Tesla employee who I'm keeping anonymous at their request, just in case they would get in trouble. We don't want to get anybody in trouble. That person let me know that uh, the separately purchased, you know, I talked about, hey, if you don't, the difference between the the wall connector that plugs into the NEMA 1450 circuit for 500 bucks, or the 1450 outlet, not circuit, but, you know, the $500 thing there versus $300 if you just bought a second mobile connector. Well, this employee let me know, hey, just, just so everybody's aware, in case it influences your decision, there is no J1772 adapter that comes with the separately purchased mobile connector. You get one with your car when you take delivery, but just, you know, just so you're aware, I know that's in the, the use case we're talking about that shouldn't really matter to people, but just, just to, you know, make sure you have as much information as possible. And then as for off-menu items, this employee says there's no set timetable on how long they last. This person told me, quote, they're there until they're not, uh, and gave an example that the sunroof for Model S, gone. You cannot order it even off-menu anymore. And the person advised reaching out to your local store if there, <clears throat> pardon me, if there are other off-menu things that you're interested in. So thank you to that, that uh, kind Tesla employee. You know who you are. It's good to have some concrete clarification on that. And another follow-up from last week, you remember, of course, the large price hike that supercharging got across the board. Well, as you might expect, that didn't go over particularly well with the community. Tesla has now decided to raise prices a little less. They're still raising them, but not quite as much. They've, they've uh, cut them down 10% from the increased rate, but they had been up 33%. So they're still up a good deal. Just not quite as much, but, you know, it's good, I suppose, though, I, you know, not to get too far into the weeds, because it ultimately doesn't necessarily matter, it's not the bottom line, but, you know, backpedaling like that isn't necessarily a good look for them. I mean, ultimately here, it's benefiting us, the consumers, so that's good, but, you know, if the goal is to build more superchargers with these rate increases, well, then let's do it. Let's Let's make that happen, but... You know, hopefully this smaller price increase than what was originally announced a week ago is still going to allow Tesla to stick to whatever their network upgrade plan is for the supercharger network. Next up this week, Tesla has confirmed that they are cutting the night shift from Model S and Model X production. You remember a while back, uh, I mean, not that long, but Elon talked about how it's actually more efficient 
to run everything 24-7 than to spin it up and spin it down. Uh, and certainly Model 3 will continue to, to be produced around the clock, but uh, Model S and X, the night shift is going away for now. The story comes via CNBC, and to quote them, they say deep cuts. So they're, they're referencing the layoffs now. They were able to kind of survey a sample of, of people laid off. And according to CNBC, they say, quote, deep cuts occurred in sales, delivery, and Model S and Model X production teams, according to current and newly laid off workers. These people also said that Tesla has suspended nighttime production of its Model S sedans and Model X SUVs at its Fremont, California car plant. Continuing here from CNBC, according to a separation agreement obtained by CNBC, salaried Tesla employees whose roles were terminated will receive a minimum of 60 days of pay and benefits, regardless of whether or not they sign that separation agreement. Those who sign can also get some of their Cobra healthcare paid for by Tesla after their coverage ends in March, with additional severance pay depending on the amount of time they worked for the company. Tesla did issue a statement with this uh, in response. They said, quote, we recently announced that we are no longer taking orders for the 75 kilowatt hour version of Model S and X in order to streamline production and provide even more differentiation with Model 3. As a result of this change and because of improving efficiencies in our production lines, we have reduced Model S and Model X production hours accordingly. At the same time, these changes, along with continuing improvements, give us the flexibility to increase our production capacity in the future as needed. We'll be providing more details on our earnings call next week. So you remember at the top, I teased <laughs> that we should hear about that on the earnings call. Tesla themselves saying that they will address that. So look for that probably in the shareholder letter and then look for it to come up again on the call with Elon Musk and the executive team, I'm sure the analysts on that call will be asking about it. Now, you know, I don't want to sit here and speculate too much about any of this just because the earnings call is next week and we should get more concrete information on that straight from the horse's mouth. But what I will say, though, is just, you know, because these things, you don't want to just take them for granted. You want to make sure that they are said. I'm very, very glad to see that the 60-day severance severance package or 60-day minimum severance package is in effect because that's simply that's just the right thing to do for the affected people. So really, really happy to see that. Next this week, back to a bit of a happier note, showroom P3Ds are arriving in both China and Europe. Of course, famously, the, the boats full of customer Model 3s are on their way over to Europe now after after leaving port in San Francisco, like I told you about last week. In fact, this week, I happened to, uh, I guess it was Sunday, so when the, when the show released to you guys, I, I happened to catch one of those trucks. I was heading south on, uh, on the 101 freeway, and I saw a, a truck of Model 3s coming up, turned around, looked in my rearview mirror, and saw, oh, yep, the big, wide, European-style license plates, you know, the frames, so sure enough, another truckload of European Model 3s making their way up to the port in San Francisco. But uh, anyway, today, the news I have to pass along is that as far as China goes, you remember they're getting, a, they're, they're getting their own performance wheel option, and it's a 19-inch wheel option. The Power Sport wheels, I've talked about them before, they're an aero 
design. They have a, a cap, you know, it's a, there's a, a wheel underneath and then a, an arrow cap, uh, just like the 18-inch arrow wheels on the on the Model 3s here and, and I guess around the world. Well, of course, then the Power Sport wheel, it is, it's a seven, it has sort of seven slits in it rather than the, what, the five that are on uh, on the Model 3, the, the eight, rather the 18-inch arrow wheel. Well, anyway, we got our first look at what those 19-inch Power Sport wheels look like, courtesy of Jay in Shanghai, whose Twitter handle is at ShanghaiJin on, tw- uh, on Twitter there. Now, I say sort of because uh, the arrow wheels weren't on the car. So to come off the dock, you know, they, they don't ship the cars... The cars, the arrow wheels don't get shipped on the car. They're they're in the frunk or trunk, and then they're put on the car uh, once it's prepped for delivery. But uh, again, the the uh, look of them, they're they're pretty nice. I have to say, I it, they're basically underneath. It's basically a a silver seven blade turbine underneath. Meaning, if you were to look at the Model S silver turbine wheel. And you just removed all but seven of those turbine blades. That's basically what this wheel would look like. I honestly, I I think it look they look pretty good. These uh, these 19 inch Power Sport wheels without their aero caps. I have to say, you know, if you, if you were to put the Tesla logo, the little wheel hub caps on there, you know, the the, the kit that you can buy from Tesla, I think that would be a pretty nice setup. So. Uh, nevertheless, I'm I'm definitely very eager to see what they look like with the arrow caps on, because we've only ever seen them in renderings. In fact, that same person, Jay in Shanghai, posted a, a a photo from the Chinese Tesla site of a red Model Three with those those 19-inch Power Sport uh, wheels with the covers on. But uh, it's it's a Photoshop. We still don't have real pictures. It's it's the same picture. If you go to Tesla.com slash Model Three, that first picture you see, uh, it's it's the same picture on the uh, on the Chinese website, just with the different wheels photoshopped on there. But uh, yeah, should should find out what those look like in real life before too long. Here, eager to see that. Speaking of Model Three. The car is off to a flying start as far as holding its value. Kelly Blue Book raining honor upon the Model 3 this week and Tesla via Teslarati here. Thanks to the Teslarati folks for reporting on this. The Kelly Blue Book 2019 Best Resale Value Award winners are in and Tesla's Model 3 has landed at the top of the electric vehicle category with a projected 69.3% resale value after 36 months and 48.7% uh, after 60 months, five years. Uh, meanwhile, the Model X achieved a worthy status on its own, placing second in, its, in the same category, so right behind the Model 3, at 56.7% re- uh, value retention after 36 months and 34.3% after 60 months. Now, as Tesla Roddy wisely notes here, given the chance to compete in categories that would fit outside of an EV-only comparison, which is, which is you know, they've both been lumped together in one category, the Model 3 would beat every other sedan by a large margin at that 36-month mark. The best midsize car, the Subaru Legacy, was given a 51.8 
39.5% resale value at 36 months, again, compared to 69.3% for Model 3. And uh, the Legacy, Subaru Legacy, 38.4% uh, resale value, uh, you know, the value held at 60 months, compared again to 48.7% on the Model 3. So that is pretty impressive. You're talking, you know, almost three quarters of its value after three years and still about half its value after five years. Now, the thing about this, a little bit of a catch-22, given that Tesla also has the highest customer satisfaction rating in the industry, uh, not a lot of people are going to be taking advantage of that higher resale value. Now, I'm, I'm half joking. I'm laughing at myself a little bit there. But hey, make no mistake, this is, this is a really, really good thing because it just it adds to the good reputation of the Tesla brand. It is a good thing for the brand. When somebody's looking at a new car to purchase and they, they, you know, they hear about Tesla, they're looking into Tesla and like, wow, those things hold their value really well. You know, that's, that inspires confidence in a, in, a, in a potential purchase from somebody. So that's a good thing. Although I guess now if I think about it, one use case I could think of for somebody that might want to take advantage of that, of that resale value is if somebody has a mid-range Model 3 or maybe even a, a long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3, and maybe they decide, hey, you know what? I want to upgrade to a dual motor or maybe even a performance. And they can <laughs> trade it in and retain a heck of a lot of value. Um, and then I suppose maybe a probably a more likely or more common anyway use case might be in about two years from now uh, when the Model Y is due out. We might see a lot of families potentially up, move up from a three to a Y, uh, if you know, depending on the their family needs. Although more likely, it might happen that people just become two Tesla families and have a three and a Y. But it, however, that ends up shaking out. If all, if any of those scenarios end up happening to any bit of common degree, well, then hey, that's good news for Tesla. That's just a cherry on top of of the Sunday as far as Tesla is concerned because they come out looking good and doing good business regardless there. So good stuff from Kelly Blue Book this week. Now, remember back before software version 9 came out and uh, Elon had kindly replied to me uh, when I asked him about the dash cam and Elon said that more features would be coming to the Tesla dash cam in subsequent versions in, in the next release is what I believe is he, how he phrased it, which I interpreted to mean 9.1, meaning sort of the next, the next major release. Well, that appears to be coming up soon. Elon replied to a tweet from Andy Sutton, who I mentioned because Andy follows me on Twitter and thus I'm going to presume that he listens to the show. If so, hi, Andy. Well, poor Andy and I, I do, I've, I've, I, I hurt when I saw this tweet. Poor Andy has a beautiful multi-coat red Model 3, so, you know, his photo could have been me. He got, Andy got absolutely whacked by a door in a parking lot uh, on that beautiful multi-coat red Model 3. This was a nasty, nasty door ding. It was so severe from the picture that Andy posted I'm not even sure I'd call this a door ding. It was bad. It, it was so bad it almost looked malicious, but I guess that's kind of beside the point. But I get, because I give you that context, 
because Andy tweeted Elon with the picture saying, quote, found this monster dent this morning right in front of the rear facing cameras. Really wish there was 360 dash cam feature while parked. And uh, he tagged Elon in that and Elon chose to reply in the form of a quote tweet, which means that Elon effectively broadcasted, not effect, he did. He sent that out to all 24 plus million of his followers and he said this, Tesla Sentry Mode coming soon for all cars with enhanced autopilot. And then he later added that a, quote, rough beta would be coming in two to three weeks. Well, a Sentry Mode, just <laughs> that name, will probably make just about all anybody, all you sci-fi fans out there like me, Think of like a big giant laser or a machine gun turret <laughs> popping up out of the car to threaten any ne'er-do-well who dares get too close to it. So at the very least, kudos to Elon and Tesla for once again coming up with a fun product name. But uh, more seriously, this should indeed be that larger feature suite of dash cam. Uh, the, the implication of, of uh, the tweet from Elon there being that it will use more or hopefully all of the cameras around the car. I'm crossing my fingers that maybe you'll even be able to check on them anytime you want through the Tesla app. And uh, even better would be as if it sensed uh, an impact on the car or close enough movement that maybe it would just record a clip from whatever camera sensed it or, or just all around the car. I'd love to see, I'm very, very eager to see what these new features are going to be. I mean, because uh, th this could be something that does a lot of stuff. It could be a very fully featured thing, or it, it very much, there's a, there's a chance it could be at the opposite end of the spectrum and just end up being very similar to what we have now, except it just captures all the feeds instead of just the front feed. Calibrate your expectations accordingly should hopefully be finding out soon. And uh, furthermore, one other note on this, you apparently don't need to have purchased Enhanced Autopilot to get this. Someone very specifically and clearly asked Elon that very question. And Elon replied, quote, since it's part of safety and security, all cars with Autopilot 2 or higher hardware will get it. So that is nice. That is good news right there. On a related note, Advanced Summon, you remember that is the, uh, the new feature on the way that will allow your car to follow you around like a pet, among other things. That appears to be almost ready as well. Uh, and by coincidence, that was also something that Elon had initially <laughs> replied to me about when I'd asked him. And someone else checked in with him on it. And Elon said, quote, almost ready to roll out. Regulators just approved, end quote. He, now, he had said, uh, I think back when he replied to me, that early, people with early access that are in the early access program for the software releases would be the first up to get it. And I know, hey, I know some of you are out there. So if that's you, hopefully you will be seeing that ideally in the next couple of weeks along with the sentry mode, the, the initial, that quote-unquote rough beta of the sentry mode as well. So some fun new features coming again via a software update to the Tesla fleet. Uh, meanwhile, and, and I guess 
should call it like it is. We're we're in the Musk minute now. The t- the Twitter roundup. Elon gave an update on Navigate on Autopilot for Europe. I know I've got a lot of European listeners out there. He replied to someone's inquiry about when we can expect to see Navigate on Autopilot roll out in Europe. And Elon said, coming soon, lots of unique road markings and signs in each country. End quote. I mean, hey, nothing, nothing concrete to take out of that, I'm afraid. That could, coming soon could mean weeks, could mean months. You know, soon's a little vague, particularly in Elon time, but hey, it's at least, it's something. At least shows you it's, it's on his radar. He's thinking about it. They're working on it. So wanted to pass that along as well. Finally this week, you know, I don't cover the energy side of Tesla's business too thoroughly or, or too often because quite frankly, it's, I mean, I've said this before, but it's not only, I don't have the expertise on it, but it's more, it's just, I'm a car guy. I love cars. I have since I was the littlest of kids. That's what I'm excited about. Um, that said, I do find the, the solar roof to be fascinating and to be a, a, an amazing product that I would love to have on my own home. So uh, I wanted to pass this note along again via our friends at Tesla Rati that uh, Tesla is working on making the solar roof tiles more visually appealing than they already are. Uh, and the way they're doing that is by making them blend together better. Because if you know how they work, not every roof tile has a photovoltaic cell in it, just certain ones. Uh, when I put in my address on the Tesla site and it, you know, it looks at you via uh, Google Earth view to kind of see what kind of roof you've got and the shape of it, it told me that I would need... Uh, the maximum amount, which is 50%, every other tile effectively. I mean, depending on how they're, not literally, because who knows how they're distributed, but they're distributed according to where they need to be. But 50% of of uh, the solar roof tiles on my roof, if I were to get it, would be the photovoltaic cells. But uh, it's Tesla noting here, again, now, thank you, Tesla Roddy, that even in the design the design of the shingles themselves, it's its very easy to see which parts of the tiles are, are active PV cells and which are not. And uh, they said the, the, the problem, this quote, this problem of visual mismatch is not limited. This, is, this comes, by the way, now from a, a patent that Tesla has filed in order about making them blend together better. So Tesla's patent says, quote, this problem of visual mismatch, however, is not limited to BIPV versus non-BIPV, meaning the the shingles with the cells and the shingles without. Even with a single roof tile and or BIPV roofing module, the solar cells or active solar regions are clearly distinguishable from the other surrounding materials. This is due in part to edge setback constraints that impose a fixed non-active edge border around active solar portions of solar roof tiles or BIPV roofing modules. Therefore, there need uh, there exists a need for a solar roof tile or BIPV roofing module that ameliorates deficiencies of prior art BIPV roofing systems, according to Tesla's patent. Well, that's just a nice patent fancy way of saying they're working on making them basically look less, uh, just kind of being more incognito. The, the photovoltaic cell shingles looking a bit more uh, incognito alongside the rest of them. And I'll tell you, I mean, 
again, I, I don't have the expertise, uh, but I am very interested in this because the size, I found out, uh, my wife and I talked about this, uh, gosh, a year or two ago before the Model 3 came along, but we talked about, hey, it'd be great to go solar, you know, it's renewable, it's just, you know, lasts forever and we'd be more or less off the grid and part of the part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And what we found out is the size and shape of our roof doesn't allow for a sufficient number of traditional solar panels on our roof that would, in other words, we, don't, we couldn't put enough up there to power the whole house because the way our roof is shaped. So, you know, we might not, we're probably not going to be ready anytime soon for a, for a new roof. Our, our, we're lucky our roof's in pretty good shape right now, but I'll tell you, the solar roof would be ideal. And, and uh, plus, I mean, not only that, we'd, we'd have a super long-term roof if we did, if, and whoever does it, you know, you're getting a, a, a very long-term roof here, which would make the investment even more worthwhile. And, and yeah, I mean, Hey, not that we're intending to move, but man, I'd have to think that the, uh, the Tesla solar roof tiles would, would probably add nice value to one's home. If you ever did decide to sell that house, probably be tough to leave those, <laughs> leave that solar roof behind. But, uh, so good stuff. Hopefully, you know, those, those, Roof shingles, solar roof tiles coming out of that Gigafactory 2 plant in Buffalo, New York uh, at a much more frequent rate here in 2019 as as those are supposed to be ramping up in production. Well, that's everything on the Tesla news front. If you want to hang out with me, I've got a lot more to talk about. Not only your calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline, but I had a very, very busy week with the spirit of adventure, it was at Immaculate Reflections this week, getting those tears in the PPF, the paint protection film, taken care of. I've got a verdict. Remember, I, I had to wait until the film came off to know the the extent of the damage underneath the film, if any. Uh, and and Jeff and Immaculate Reflections so super busy that I, I had to I had to wait about a month or so to get in there. Well, it's all done now. I'll tell you all about that if you're curious. Um, but I'll be right back now with the Ride the Lightning Hotline. You guys, coming up next. All right, it's time for your calls in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. Thank you all for continuing to participate in that and send those in. And I invite you to continue to do so. Every week is a new week, a new opportunity to be heard on the show. So if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you can send that to me in one of two easy ways. Either way, please try to keep your call to a minute, minute and a half tops. That would be uh, super appreciated there. And you can uh, either record it on your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and then email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number to dial there is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, or you can put them onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, please visit lifeonrecord.com. 
Com. Let's kick it off with Brad in Minnesota. He's got a pair of questions for us. Brad, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Brad from Minnesota. I have two questions for you today. Number one is about free supercharging for life, which shows up as a feature on some of the used Tesla Model S's that I'm looking at on the Tesla website. My question is, how do I get the free supercharging for life? Is it associated to the VIN number? Um, Does the free supercharging for life go with the car, not the owner? Um, Just maybe some information on how that free supercharging for life works. And I'm sure it's the life of the car, not the life of the owner, right? So, and then secondly, what is the oldest variant of Model S that has Autopilot 2.0 software? Is it uh, 2016 Model S's, 2017? I'm just wanting to know when that cutoff was between Autopilot 1.0 that is not getting updated anymore, according to your podcast, or Autopilot 2.0, which has a lot of uh, future-proofing built in. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. I am happy to help you here, Brad. You are correct in that the free supercharging follows the car, not the owner. It wouldn't actually surprise me if they phase that out given the recent supercharger rate increases, but that's admittedly just me wondering aloud. I'm not sure what Tesla plans to change about that policy, you know, if anything at all. Uh, and as you shop for a used Model S, you're going to be looking for a cutoff of October 2016 of a build date. You're ideally going to want to find a car built in November 2016 or later in order to get that autopilot 2.0 hardware. I hope that helps. And next up, I've got, uh, let's see here, Jeff from New Jersey with a cold weather question. Hey, Ryan, this is Jeff from New Jersey calling in. I had a cold weather question for you and for those who have been using their Teslas in, uh, at least in the East Coast, what's been absolutely frigid this past week, week and a half. I'm finding two things. One is that I can no longer connect via the app and my phone to my car in the morning. I actually have to go out physically open the door and start the car's power by opening the door rather than getting it to come on through the app. I'm wondering if others are having this problem. Uh, For whatever reason, as it gets to less than 20 degrees uh, Fahrenheit here in the east, it just will not connect. The second question is, the absolutely frigid cold we've had this past week was actually so bad that in opening the door, the windows were frozen. And uh, since I couldn't preheat my car using the app, I had no choice but to physically go down, turn on the car by opening the door, when I discovered that, well, because the windows were so cold, so frozen, they wouldn't go down, I couldn't close the door. Are other folks having this problem too, and is there anything you can do while the car is still off, shy of bringing a hairdryer to the window to get this car to warm up? Thanks a lot. Keep doing what you're doing. Really appreciate the podcast. Well, Jeff, you can probably guess what I'm going to say here, and that is... Yes, I need to use my Ask the Audience, Regis. (laughs) If you want to know how the Tesla performs in fog, I got you covered all day long. But for this one, we need to crowdsource it. So, folks, what do you say to Jeff? Any tips for helping him out with these two issues? Now, Jeff did follow up his own call to speculate that maybe his Wi-Fi signal isn't quite getting out of the car strongly enough So maybe that's why he's having trouble connecting. So that could be part of the puzzle here. But if you happen to have thoughts on either of the items in question, feel free to email or call in, and I can relay them to Jeff and or 
Uh, if, if it's relevant to the rest of the audience, pass it along to everybody as well. So thanks to everybody out there in advance. Let me go next to Rich in Seattle. Had a recent visit to the service center and has a good, bad, and ugly from the visit. Rich, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Rich Tong here from Seattle again. Just wanted to report on my recent visit to the Bellevue, Washington uh, Tesla dealership for service. And uh, there's a good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, the good is um, people are super cheerful, and I'm happy to report at least in Bellevue there weren't any layoffs. Uh, the bad is they need about two times more people and more space. And the ugly is you can definitely see how customer satisfaction can become a huge issue. Uh, normally when I go there, people are super happy and cheerful, but this time you can just feel the beginnings of people being angry. And I think it's something that uh, isn't talked about a lot, but I think, you know, maybe from your bully pulpit, you can send Elon a note and say, what are you going to do about it? Because uh, customer satisfaction is kind of the bedrock of any great company. And um, I think everyone there is trying to do a good job, but they just don't have the tools. Not enough people, 40-minute waits. You can't even call a service advisor from direct. You get stuck in some gigantic call center. Uh, these are all things that uh, the good people down in the infantry know about, but doesn't, nothing seems to be happening up top. So maybe you can help. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Rich. What you're talking about is not a localized issue. It's not necessarily a blanket issue either, but Tesla's got a lot of work to do to try and stay on top of the wave here. You know, if, if they're a surfer, they got to try and stay on top of that wave and not let that wave come crashing down on top of them and washing them ashore. Sorry, just, I don't know why I've got a surfer analogy on the mind. Maybe I, maybe I need a vacation and I, I need a sunny beach somewhere. But anyway, um, you know, Tesla could see this coming in the sense of the production ramp. You know, in 2018, they knew they were ramping cars. They knew they were going to be delivering a lot more cars. And it was vital that they stay one step ahead of that in, in, the, in the area of service. And, you know, from a lot of reports, more and more frequent anecdotes that I'm reading from the community, it appears that Tesla is struggling a bit with trying to stay ahead of that wave. You know, let's hope that this is a thing where it doesn't get worse before it gets better, uh, not only for the benefit of the immediate customers that that would negatively affect if things, you know, got uh, worse before they got better, but because here's the other thing. I talked earlier about, about uh, the strength of the brand and the, that resale value strengthening the Tesla brand's reputation. Well, if the brand also gets a reputation for lousy service, that word is going to spread quickly and it's going to give people pause when they're considering buying a Tesla. And, you know, if somebody decides to not buy a Tesla because they've heard bad things about the service experience, well, that would be in direct opposition to Tesla's stated mission. I mean, unless they bought a different electric vehicle, in which case Elon would be stoked about that. But let's just pretend that they wouldn't for, for this thought exercise. Let's pretend they would buy a gas-powered car instead. So we'll see. I, you know, I, again, I've, I'm not saying there's any sort of service crisis out there, but there have been a, a number of, you know, seemingly a rising number of anecdotes. Uh, hopefully Tesla can continue to stay staffed up and, you know, minimize wait times for both regular service and, and body shop work. It's very important. You know, it's, you can't, 
if you can't count on your car, like if it's going to be out of commission for three months, if you get in a fender bender, that's, you know, that's not good. And if, if you can't get a service appointment for, for a couple weeks because you couldn't even get through to them on the phone, you know, that's not great either. So hopefully they'll continue to address these things in a positive way. And let's see here. Next up, I've got, ah, we wanted to talk uh, about the uh, Amazon, the Alexa skill. That was where I left off here. So I got a bunch of calls on this, three really good ones with sort of three different perspectives. So I'm going to play three calls in a row. Don't worry, they're not too long each. So we've got Joey from LA, Rich from Seattle, and Dennis from Utah, all talking about uh, com- you know, controlling your car with your home voice assistant. So there's some good stuff in here. Listen to the, the, the back-to-back-to-back calls from these three folks. Thanks for putting me on again. In regards to Joe from New York's question about the Alexa skill to control your car, Gall4 from the Tesla Motor Club forums uh, already put out a Google Assistant service and now uh, Alexa skill called EV Car that does pretty much everything he asks and a lot more. It's really handy. I highly recommend it. Uh, one other thing I'd like to add, Matt's uh, autopilot uh, tip should be taken very, very uh, cautiously. So this is the one about uh, using autopilot on surface streets uh, coming up to stopped uh, to stoplight. Something some people may not know is when stop cars come into the uh, uh, forward-facing radar's view, uh, if they were stopped the whole time, the radar won't actually detect them as a stopped car. This is how uh, Teslas have previously plowed into stopped fire trucks. So you got to really be careful about that. And I would really uh, recommend maybe not doing this on surface streets. Um, okay, well, uh, safety first. All right, take it easy and uh, thanks for the podcast. Bye. Hey, Ryan, this is Rich Tong from Seattle. I was just tickled pink to be the last uh, question in the 2018 podcast. But uh, just to uh, help you out on the Alexa skill you were asking for, you know, there's actually quite a few of those. Uh, if you go to the Alexa skill uh, directing, just search for the word Tesla, you'll see my EV and also my Tesla. And you can say, hey, my EV, what's the charge state? Hey, my EV, warm it up. I've actually confessed I've loaded them all, but never actually used it because I'm not enough of an Alexa user to uh, remember to do it. I normally use the app, but they're both available and have been for quite a while. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hello, Ryan. Dennis here from Utah, where I've been driving my Model 3 since September. And I have to say that while I've liked some of the cars I've previously owned, I love my Tesla. It's awesome. So you asked in your last podcast if anyone has figured out how to get an Amazon Echo to turn on their Tesla. Well, listen to this. Alexa, trigger Tesla on. Sending that to Ift. And a second later, there you go. So yeah, that was Alexa causing my lights to flash, my horn to honk and my cabin heater to turn on. So yes, it can be done. I'll admit to being a computer programmer previously, so the way I did it takes some programming and some technical skills, but it definitely can be done. And while I would not recommend my solution as a solid and robust consumer-ready product, it works well enough for me to have fun with, 
And who knows, maybe this solution will inspire one of your more capable listeners to do it better than I did and make something that is consumable by lots of Tesla owners. So to do it, I put together three things. First, I created a free account with IFTTT, or IFT. That stands for If This Then That. And it's a tool that links a triggering action with a resulting action. Uh, and IFT implicitly knows how to talk to your Amazon Echo. Uh, so I used that. I used Adafruit.io which hosts a messaging service that can receive the message sent by IFT. And then finally, I wrote a little computer program that watches that Adafruit message queue. And when it receives the right message, it invokes the Tesla API to do a variety of things to my car, which are basically in line with the features that you can invoke from your Tesla app. So there you go. If you want a more detailed overview, I could write that up into some more complete steps for anyone who wants it. Until then, say hi to Daisy for me. Thanks. Thank you to all three of you on that, Joey, Rich, and Dennis. And, and yes, to read more information about that EV car skill, there is a Tesla Motors Club thread about it. If you just Google Tesla Motors Club EV car slash my Tesla Alexa, uh, you'll definitely find the thread, which is called, the, the name of the thread is Tesla Motors Club EV car slash my Tesla and Alexa skill for Amazon Echo slash Tesla integration. <gasps> that was a mouthful. But anyway, that's the name of it. You'll find it easily. So, um, and then thank you, Rich, with another quick way to use that. And then Dennis in Utah, thank you as well. That that method as well. Good stuff there. So, you know, hey, happy Alexing, folks. You know, have fun with it. Enjoy it. What other cars can do this? You know, it's super cool. And um, Dennis, by the way, love that step-by-step -step and that and the live demo you did on your call there. That was super cool. So thanks, everybody. And uh, oh, hey, so let's see. Hey, Daisy. Dennis says hi. Oh, he's, she's asleep. Sorry, Dennis. But I'm sure she heard you subconsciously. Uh, let's see here. I think we're down to one more call. Uh, yes, Ken from California. A long time listener, first-time caller, wanted to comment on the Tesla dash cam. Ken, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Ken from Walnut, California. Um, love your show. Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. I want to comment on the Tesla dash cam. Uh, you know how in the past we have to pause the dash cam um, before we leave the car and come back and, and put it back on? It's very inconvenient. But recently I, I found that I didn't have to do that. Uh, I, there are two possible reasons. Uh, one is that the recent update may uh, Tesla may have uh, fixed it. So I'm on version nine, two thousand eight, fifty five. Or another reason I can think of is I recently just bought a USB splitter, and and I put my my USB drive for the dash cam on the split splitter uh, instead of directly to the car. So I don't know if that has anything to do with uh, with that. Um, but ever since, I, I never had to pause. I never had to do anything, and I haven't got any issues at all. So just want to share that with you and the listeners. Um, love the show. Keep what you're doing. Thank you so much. Great to hear from you, Ken. Uh, yes, it does seem to have been permanently fixed by Tesla. I mean, granted, 
I have a splitter too in my car for my Jada wireless charging pad and the, the Tesla dash cam. So I've got that, that same setup, but uh, I haven't heard of anybody in the community talking about the dash cam not working properly. I haven't seen anybody talking about it being bugged out like like uh, they were in the early days. In fact, you know, I said I experienced that as well. So it does seem like Tesla took care of whatever the root of the problem was in one of the last few major software updates. So, hey, it's really nice that we don't have to think about it anymore. It just works. So another cool new feature added for free after delivery, well, after delivery for me and a lot of people, but even it's not part of what you paid for. It's just in there. So great stuff. That does it for the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. Thank you, everybody who called in. Again, keep those calls coming. Either uh, record something on your smartphone and send it my way to teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in anytime on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline, which again is one 888 I'll be right back to tell you about how my car is doing and uh, got the pro tip of the week and then I'll wrap things up for you right after this. Welcome back. So it's been a busy week for me with the Spirit of Adventure. It spent a good chunk of the week over at Immaculate Reflections. So if you'll recall, uh, I've had some not super great luck with uh, road hazards and things. I've, I've had uh, three nails in tires. I've, had, uh, I've got a cracked windshield right now. I'm still waiting on my windshield. It's been two weeks so far since I called the glass guy and he said he was ordering it and trying to get it from Tesla. He said it would be a couple of weeks. It's now been that, so I'm going to try and... I made a note to myself to give him a call tomorrow, see if there's any status update there. And I had the two tears in the paint protection film, two bits of damage to the film. And the question was, did the damage go all the way through to the paint? So there was the one from a while ago with the mysterious object that I saw roll away in my rearview mirror after I heard the clunk. That was the, the you know really low on the passenger door. Uh, and then the big one, which is the one that just makes me crazy because I don't know where the heck it came from and how it got there, this right along the, the edge of the bumper on the right-hand side, a good, like, 10-inch just gash in the paint protection film. And you may remember before the holidays, I took it to get looked at by Jeff at Immaculate Reflections, and he said, oh, I don't know, maybe 50-50 shot. There might be some paint damage underneath. This really dragged across here. I won't know for sure till I actually remove the film. And he was booked up, so I opted to just leave it how it was rather than remove the film because I didn't want to run around with it naked back there. So this week was finally the week. I got it in there uh, to see Jeff, and, and boy, was I happy to learn that the paint protection film did its job. The passenger door little gash, no problem. Entirely absorbed by the film, done. That's just, he did it, he redid the door, you know, took that off, did a new one on the door. Uh, so, you know, that costs some money, but it is, you know, it's, it saved the paint. And then the big one, you know, that one on the bumper. So, <laughs> Jeff being... Uh, an awesome guy. He filmed it. 
he as he peeled it off, he filmed it and then texted that to me. He said, uh, which is on my Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan, if you want to go look at it. And he does a, a live reveal. I had to watch it. Uh, and there was almost nothing. There was one little, looked like just ding in the paint from, like, I guess the, the initial impact point of whatever the heck hit and then dragged across my bumper there. So it looked like there was just, it was like maybe the size of a, the head of a pin. And that was it. Just that, that was, he said, what looked like it was in the paint and not gonna, you know, not gonna be able to be corrected or, you know, fixed. Uh, so I said, well, okay, well, you know, then it, if it's 95% good, I'm not gonna, you know, take, I'm not gonna send it to a body shop to repaint and match and ruin the factory paint and the whole. So I just got to live with this. We'll put some new film on. Well, he put the new film on, and you'll see pictures of that on my Instagram as well, if you're interested. And it, the the new film, the the damage was so 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 small that the the film completely covers it over. You cannot see it. It is gone, effectively gone. It's not there. So again, the paint protection film did its job. So I'm so relieved. I'm so happy, and I'm so grateful for the the diligence of Jeff at Immaculate Reflections uh, for really, really just taking good care of the car. I mean, yeah, I had to write him a, a, a not small check for his work this week. But here's the thing: it I would have had to if I didn't have the film, then I would have had paint damage, and. Maybe I could have lived with the one on the you know near the bottom of the passenger door because it's pretty out of sight. But that bumper would have just been plain as day. This big drag, like ten inch thing across the rear bumper, I I could not I would not have wanted to live with that. So I either would have had to live with this big ugly scratch across the bumper, or I would have had to pay to get the the bumper repainted. And you know again not factory paint and trying to blend it and the whole thing. And it's not to say that a good shop wouldn't do a good job, but my point is I would rather spend that money. If I've got to spend money either way after, after that damage, I would much rather spend that money on new paint protection film uh, and keep my original factory paint intact uh, than, than having to go to a body shop and, and try to match the original paint. So the film did its job again. I'm so thrilled about it and uh, just, just grateful for it. So yeah, if you, I just cannot recommend paint protection film enough. It won't save you from everything. You know, I, I'm not saying it's, you know, it has its limitations, but for these weird little road hazards that I encountered, or at least in one case, a road hazard for sure. And then somebody hit me somehow, you know, just like barely, I don't know if they were parallel parking and then like just gr- barely grazed me on their way pulling out or what, but um, it saved me twice and now I still have gorgeous factory multi-coat red paint in there. So can't recommend paint protection film enough. If you're in the Bay Area, give Jeff a ring. See if, you know, if he, if uh, if it makes, if you, if you have a compatibility there, if, if you want to give him some business, he's taking great care of me. Uh, but anyway, thrilled about that. And on a side note, I'm just so happy to have the car back. I was driving my wife's car this week, and hey, I'm lucky that there was another car to drive that she was able to 
allow me to borrow her car. So I don't want to seem like I'm taking it for granted, but I, just nothing. And it's not even anything against her car. It's, it's, I'm just, I love the Tesla so much. It's so much fun to drive. It's so, you know, I love autopilot that I, I'm just, honestly, I'm grateful to have it back. And it's the week with the, the, the better part of the week without it just rem- it really really reminded me honestly how incredibly fortunate that I am to have this great car I'm so lucky to have it I mean it's the this week reminded me which I try to do all the time but you know sometimes you need reminders just I gotta I gotta stay humble and stay grateful because it I'm so, I am blessed to have this this incredible fun car that I enjoy so much and have have met so many people with already uh, you know in the community and at superchargers and everything and it's just yeah it's a blessing I'm so grateful for it uh thank you to Jeff for taking great care of me and uh yeah now again last thing now well actually the next thing is the windshield hopefully I'll get some good news on that this week and then after that just waiting on my spoiler that Tesla still hasn't Handed out to any any customers yet, so still waiting on that one. Also, um, here's a just random aside. Does anyone else's Model 3 sometimes, not always, sometimes take forever to wake up if it's been in a deep sleep? Like you get in the car in the morning and then it literally takes a minute or, or what upwards of a minute. I haven't actually timed it, but you just sit there with a black screen and you can't do anything until you get the you know the screen boots up you get the T logo and then your your screen finally comes on that is again it seems it's it's totally a first world complaint like i just got done saying how grateful i was for this amazing car that's like the future but in my garage now but yeah i i've i've seen this on reddit i'm not the only one with this issue there are a number of people that that have this like slow wake up thing now i have heard some reports from people on Reddit and, and in the community that that the 50.6 software update does address this. I'm currently on 50.5, so I can't speak to it right now. But uh, yeah, if, if feel free to commiserate with me. Either you know, tweet me, email me, whatever you want to do. If if you have this problem as well, and um, if you've somehow encountered any solution to it, either via your own tricks or if if Tesla has has uh, done anything for you to to improve it. One other random thought before I before I uh, get going here, and I realize that this may sound very elitist, so I want to preface by saying I don't mean it this way. I hope you know if it, it <laughs> if I don't preface that, you might think that. So I just want to say I don't mean it this way. But after now having the Model Three for yeah for six months now. And I'm used to it. You know, I don't drive a gas car anymore uh, other than this week when the Tesla was unavailable. But it, am I, does anybody else out there now find themselves super hypersensitive to the exhaust smells of internal combustion engine cars? I have noticed this. I mean, you know, you could always smell it. You know, even back when I, when I drove a gas car, my whole driving life up until last year, but now I'm like way, it's like, it just hits me like a ton of bricks now whenever I smell it, which, you know, 
in the in the morning here, I mean, granted, we don't have a, a real winter like a lot of you do, but, you know, hey, the cooler weather and people start their cars in the morning, it seems like it's extra, for lack of a better term, pungent. And, uh, you know, or a diesel truck, like I can now, and I'll tell you this, my sense of smell is not good. Thanks, chronic allergies for most of my life. Yeah, I have, I, I do have a sense of smell, but it's far from the greatest. But I'll tell you, I, I am, I'm like a, it's like what, what a dog must feel like. Like if, if there's, if there's been a car, the car doesn't even have to be there. If there was a car in a spot that started up cold and drove off. And then I, you know, cause I walk Daisy in, uh, in the morning, first thing in the morning and I'll walk by and there's not even a car there. But if a car was just there, it's like, it lingers in the air and it just, it just goes right into my nostrils that I can totally smell it. So, uh, I don't know if it's just that I'm not used to it anymore, you know? So it's like, it's more of a foreign thing to me or, or what, but Am I crazy? Does this, does anybody else out there experience this? Some of you are either rolling your eyes, uh, listening to this. Maybe you're in your car, just rolling your eyes as you're, or maybe some of you are yelling and going, yes, me too. So <laughs> tweet me, email me. I'd, I'd be curious if I'm, uh, totally like just out on a weird limb on this or not. All right. And with that, let me give you the pro tip of the week. I love this segment and keep it going here. Uh, Raphael from Connecticut. He has a pro tip about nothing, which will make sense when you listen to it. Raphael, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. I have a pro tip about nothing. This is Raphael from Connecticut. You have to do absolutely nothing to take advantage of this pro tip. Like you, myself, others, many others, I fold my mirrors before I park in my garage. I pull straight in. And uh, when I leave, I back out. The garage door automatically closes. I unfold my mirrors and off I go. Well, last time I pulled out of my garage, uh, I forgot to unfold my mirrors. And lo and behold, within a few uh, short moments, my car automatically unfolded my mirrors for me. Uh, it does it automatically. So for your mirrors to automatically unfold, you do nothing. So that's a pro tip. At least it's a pro tip to me. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's a pro tip about nothing. Uh, there you go. There's your bad Seinfeld impression of the week. Thank you, Raphael. Uh, I've never actually tried that, accidentally or not. So I guess that could save me a button press or two every morning. Thank you for that tip. And again, feel free to record and send in your tip if you've got one. If you've got a fun thing that you've found out or learned or, uh, about your Tesla that's that's not in the owner's manual and maybe not a thing that a lot of people know. I Again, I, I've learned a lot from this segment, from, uh, from crowdsourcing this. So this is awesome. I'm going to keep doing this. I've still got some more queued up for, uh, for next week. Keep them coming. Uh, and with that, time to hit the road. AbstractOcean.com is an excellent source of Tesla accessories, depending on what you're in the mood for. A lot of lighting kits. They've got, uh, you know, the, the uh, like TESLA lettering for the back if you want to do that on your car. They've got the uh, interior lighting kit, the puddle lights, all kinds of stuff, tempered glass screen protectors, center console wraps, etc., etc. Give them a look at abstractocean.com. 
And when you do, pile up your cart if you're if there's you know some stuff that interests you, do it all at once because they have a coupon code that they continue to kindly offer for listeners of this show. It's good for your first order, 15% off of your first order. Use the coupon code RTL Podcast, all one word, RTL Podcast to get that 15, 15% off of your very first order. Uh, let's see, Patreon, that as I've mentioned. That is the uh, primary way you can support the show. If you want to, totally optional. It's always going to be here for you for free. But if you enjoy the show each and every week, maybe you, you might see fit to, uh, to throw me some support on Patreon. You can learn more about that on my Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, meanwhile, the Jada wireless charging pad, they just announced this week a version two, a new, a revised wireless charging pad. Uh, this one looks like, I mean, it's it, part of the design is it's supposed to hold your phone in better. Cause I've said, I told you the, uh, I bought mine with my own money long before they ever came to me with a, with this like referral link. So I'd pre-ordered it way back. I got mine. And I think it's great that, you know, the installation's super easy. It looks nice. It's clean in there. It looks like it's a, a factory thing. It doesn't look, you know, doesn't look like a cheap third-party accessory. But the the one thing that's annoying about it for me is if you stomp on it and stomp the 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 accelerator, not the Jader wireless charging pad. Don't stomp on that. If you mash the accelerator in the P3D your phone will usually slip out. It'll fall out, uh, fall off of the wireless charging pad and thus not, it'll stop charging. So this new design is to, uh, supposed to address that. Uh, now, I'll, I'll give you a full disclosure. This time, the, the Jada folks have kindly said that they are, they are sending me one effectively as a review unit in the same way that in my day job at IGN, Game companies send us review copies of the games. I don't, I don't pay for the games with my, my own money. So here, uh, Jada is send is kindly sending me one of the new ones. When I get it, I'm definitely going to put it in the car. Test. I'm going to give it. It's a good excuse to go out and stomp the pedal down a little bit, have some fun, and uh, I'll definitely tell you what I think. But just wanted to give you the caveat: they are providing me one for free this time. But the the one I've got now, I paid for, and I do like it a lot. So. Um, if you do want to order one of these new ones, go to, uh, I, I just appreciate if you'd use this link because again, sadly, I don't have a discount for you, but they throw me a couple bucks as a referral. Uh, if you use, if you buy it through this link, so it's a hundred bucks for the wireless charging pad and you can order it if you're interested at getjada.com slash R E F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. So yeah, as soon as I get my hands on that new one, I will tell you what I think of it, good, bad, or ugly. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Again, that is a, a not a money thing. That is a uh, convenience thing. It will deliver to you every time a new episode drops rather than you having to go manually seek out and download the episodes yourself. You can subscribe on... Apple iTunes Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
Spotify, YouTube, or TuneIn, the latter of which TuneIn is, of course, in the Tesla. So if you search Tesla or Ride the Lightning Tesla in the podcast section of your Tesla, you will find the show as well. And uh, I guess that's about it. Just want to say thanks on the way out to the Patreon producers. These are the kind and wonderful folks who support me at the producer tier each and every month, which means they get their name shouted out at the end of every show. And so those folks are Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet. Uh, thank you, I did get it right. What am I, thank you? Thank you to who? Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe I should edit myself more sometimes, but I figure, you know, this is just the real me. This is how it is. Sometimes I'm human. I mess up sometimes. Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Gabriel Salaz, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Stig Mickey Jensen, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Blake Wiley, Tyler Van Gorder, Josh, and Jeremy. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. That brings us to the end of episode 182 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast coming your way each and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific. A reminder, next week's show, episode 183, will be, uh, again, my, my favorite every quarter, my ton of work show, but I always feel good about about the work that, that goes in because... Uh, you get the earnings call, or the the uh, the clips, the recap, and the analysis. It's always it's fun for me. I hope those shows are fun for you guys too. So, looking forward to that. We'll see what Elon has to say, and I'll see you then. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.